Blog Talk Radio. together. Let's take one of these red phone books and let's turn to number 50 this morning. Number 50. Y'all say a prayer for my voice this morning. It's barely hanging on. Number 50. We'll sing all but the fourth. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. I will hasten to him, hasten so glad and free. Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. I am resolved to go to the Savior. Leaving my sin and strife. He is the true one. He is the just one. He hath the words of life. I will hasten to him. Hasten so glad and free. Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. I am resolved to follow the Savior, faithful and true each day. Heed what he saith, do what he willeth, he is a living way. I will hasten to him, hasten so glad and free. Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee, and the last, I am resolved, and who will go with me, come friends without delay, taught by the Bible, led by the Spirit, we'll walk the heavenly way, I will hasten to him, hasten so glad and free. Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. Well, praise God. Good to be in church this morning. Amen. Good to see all of you. Glad you came to church. Praise God. Do we have any prayer requests this morning? None? Remember Bubba's prayer, people. Hopefully he has the surgery tomorrow. Amen. All right, Amen. Any others? Anything else? Anybody else? Yes, Miss Charlotte. Yes, ma'am. Sure will. 
I hear him talking about one back there. Oh, he's just talking. Oh, okay. I thought he had a prayer request. I was trying to give you. I was trying to give you time. <laughs> y'all pray for my. Y'all pray for my son and his his new bride as they set out on married life together. Pray that God will bless them. He told me last night before we left, he hugged my neck and he told me, he said, "Daddy, thank you for teaching me the Bible. Thank you for teaching me the truth." And and uh, he said, I, I ain't forgotten none of it, and I ain't going to forget none of it. He said, and, I, and I'm going to live by it. He said, and I just want to tell you, thank you so much. That meant more to me than for you to give me a million dollars, you know, to hear that my children walk in truth. That's that's the best thing you can hear, and I thank God for that. So please pray for them, and uh, and just pray for me. It's been a rough weekend. Amen. <laughs> been a long one. And pray for all of us. Pray for my wife, too, as she goes back to work on Monday. You got anything? Okay. All right. Well, let's meet with the Lord today. Amen. That's why we're here. I want you to I want you to when we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, I think something we need to always practice doing when we get ready to have church is you is is join me in praying where you stand. Don't just listen to to Robert pray up here or, or whoever else is praying. You pray alongside of us. Pray from your heart and ask God to work in your life today. Uh, we we don't come up here just to be seen and to see. We come up here to get something. So you know, we go we go to the grocery store. We we intend to come back with groceries. And we come to church. We ought to come back with something from God. So let's ask Him for it. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated. Book. Let's turn to number 196. 196. Follow on. Down in the valley with my Savior I would go, where the flowers are blooming and the sweet waters flow. Everywhere he leads me I would follow, follow on, walking in his footsteps till the crown be won. Follow, follow, I would follow Jesus anywhere, everywhere, I would follow on. Follow, follow, I would follow Jesus everywhere he leads me, I would follow on. Down in the valley with my Savior I would go, where the storms are sweeping and the dark waters flow. With his hand to lead me, I will never, never fear. Danger cannot fright me if my Lord is near. Follow, follow, I would follow Jesus. Anywhere, everywhere, I would follow on. Follow, follow, I would follow Jesus. Everywhere he leads me, I would follow on. Down in the valley or upon the mountain steep, 
Close beside my Savior would my soul ever keep. He will lead me safely in the path that he has trod. Up to where they gather on the hills of God. Follow, follow, I would follow Jesus. Anywhere, everywhere, I would follow on. Follow, follow, I would follow Jesus. Everywhere he leads me, I would follow on. Amen. We need to follow him every day of our life. We ought not ever veer off from that path. If we do, we're we're in trouble. If we get out, we're going to get away from walking with the Lord's hand. Amen. Always in our life, we ought to be willing to walk wherever he leads us. Number 44, I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice. Told thy love to me. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice, and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Oh, the pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I spin. When I kneel in prayer and with thee, my God, I commune as friend with friend. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. There are depths of love that I cannot know Till I cross the narrow sea There are heights of joy that I may not reach Till I rest in peace with thee Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord To the cross where thou hast died Draw me nearer, nearer Nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Amen. We were singing verse 3, and I was I was just thinking about those words as we were singing it. The pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I spend. Every day we ought to have a hour like that. Every day we ought to make time. And whether it's at the beginning of the day, the middle of the day, or the end of the day, we ought to make time for us and God to be alone together. I know it's hard to get alone. Sometimes sometimes you just got people coming at you from all directions, especially in a household like mine. I got I got people everywhere. 
and people want me and, and things. But, but you've got to separate yourself to God and sit down with him and let him speak from his word to you. And if you don't have that in your life on a daily basis, you're, you're robbing yourself. You're just absolutely robbing yourself of a, of a wonderful relationship like you've never, ever experienced in this world. Amen. Let's sing another one. Number 370. 370. Let me get there, sister. Here we go. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like mine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to Thee. I need Thee every hour, stay Thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when Thou art nigh. I need Thee, oh, I need Thee. Every hour I need Thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to Thee. I need Thee every hour in joy or pain. Come quickly and abide, for life is vain. I need Thee, oh, I need Thee. Every hour I need Thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to Thee. I need Thee every hour, most holy one. Oh, make me Thine indeed, Thou blessed Son. I need Thee, oh, I need Thee. Every hour I need Thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to Thee. Amen. Well, I sang this one not too long ago, but I asked my wife on the way to church, I said, you reckon they'll mind if I sang it again? She said, no, they won't mind. (coughs) It fits the message this morning. Day, blood for sin he had to pay. 
man wasn't getting any better. And one day God looked down just outside of town on Calvary's rugged hill. His son was dying. And as the earth began to quake, the temple mount began to shake. A priest ran from the temple, and he was crying. The veil is gone. The veil is gone. Since he died and rose again. And he took away our sin. The veil is gone. The veil is gone. We have access to the throne. The veil is gone. Well, we're down upon our knees, sending up our pleas. Jesus Christ is now our mediator. We can come to him each day. All we have to do is pray. The priest that we have now is even greater. One day not far away, we'll no longer have to pray. In heaven face to face, all its splendor We'll look upon the one who died His hands, his feet, his ribbon side And throughout the endless ages We'll remember That the veil is gone The veil is gone Since he died and rose again and he took away our sin. The veil is gone. The veil is gone. We have access to the throne. The veil is gone. We have access to the throne. The veil is gone. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> like I said, it's good to be in church this morning. Amen. I tell you, you sing one like that, it's just like the Spirit of God just settles in. Amen. I'm I'm ready to preach. Amen. <laughs> I might have been a little nervous about it before I got started, but I'm ready to preach. Amen. Good friend, a preacher friend of mine years ago, he said, he said, I had butterflies before I got up here. But they're all flying in formation now. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I'm glad to be here. Amen. Take your Bible, turn to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, verse 19. And we're gonna we're gonna hit that one verse. We're not gonna we're not gonna spend all day. We're gonna we're gonna get into it and we're gonna get through it and we're gonna get out of it and we're gonna have a baptism afterwards. So <laughs> praise God for that. Matthew I'm sorry, Matthew. I was looking at Matthew, but I'm not in Matthew. John Chapter 17 and verse 19. We'll just read that one verse. I'll back up a little bit and we'll talk about it and we'll get into the message. Let's read this morning. John 17, 19. Jesus said, And for, thy, for their sakes 
I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Let me read that again. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we come before thy throne. Lord, we've we've sang songs of the faith. Lord, we've we've worshipped you in song. We've tried our best to, through prayer and, and, and reading of the Bible and singing these hymns. We've tried to prepare our hearts to come before you. Lord God, we pray now. Lord, finish that work in us. Lord, stir in our midst, stir down deep in our souls. Lord, if there's anything in us, some bitterness, some 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 uh, some sin, anything that's got in the way, Lord, that's come up between us and you, Lord, I pray that, Father, we'll confess it now. Any little problem or irritation of life that would hinder the message from coming through loud and clear, Father, I pray it be bound in Jesus' name and removed out of the person's mind that, Lord, they might receive the things of God. Spirit of truth, work in their lives this morning. I pray, Lord, for the ones who will hear us over the Internet. Father, I pray for a powerful... Uh, revealing of truth to them, Lord, and I pray for the Holy Ghost of God to work in their lives. Lord, those that need to be saved, that they come and be everlasting born again. And Father, for those who are backslidden, they've maybe got away from you and serving you with their life. Lord, I pray this be the day they come back with their whole heart, soul, and mind and turn it over to you. Father, please help me. I'm your vessel. Lord, I need you this morning. Lord, my body is weak. I'm tired, but, Lord, I realize that that's when you work the best is when I get out of the way. So I put myself in your hands. I ask you to cleanse my, cleanse my heart, soul, and mind, Father. I pray that nothing would hinder this message. Lord, please use me for your honor and glory. Give me your power. Give me your spirit now. And I love you and I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. John seventeen nineteen. And for their sakes. Whose sakes? Well, the disciples. The apostles, he's praying at this moment. Well, let's back up just a little bit. I want us to look at 17, 18, and 19 because these three verses do go together. We've looked at them individually, but they all three go together. And Jesus, remember what we're, we're doing here. Again, the Lord is leading his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane. They're outside the wall of Jerusalem. They're walking up the Kidron Valley, and they're about to get to the bridge to cross over into the Garden of Gethsemane but they've stopped and Jesus is praying for his disciples moments before he goes into the garden to, to kneel down and pray uh, and, ask the, and ask the Lord if it be possible this cup pass from me. When he prays there in the garden of Gethsemane and the sweat drops of blood coming from his pores, well, right before that event takes place, then, then, he's, then he is turned over into the hands of soldiers and taken away for his mock trial. So, we understand where we're at. And Jesus is praying, not for himself, but he's praying for his disciples. He's pouring his heart out to the Father for his disciples. This is a very powerful example of Christ's love for his own. And we've come down in the prayer to this, this portion where he talks about sanctification. We talked about sanctification. You remember we talked about his example, the offering plate, which is not here, but the offering plate, which is over here. And how, no, it's not there either. Anyway, there's no offering plate. But anyway, we're talking about the Lord's Supper table, which is here, and how it is dedicated to the use of God, that we'd never serve, we'd never serve a potato salad and coleslaw off of this because that's not a dinner table. This is the Lord's table. And it's here for the elements, the, the bread and, the, and the, the blood of the grape. It's there for that reason and that reason 
only. It's for the service of God, and it's not to be used for anything else. We wouldn't use it to auction off uh, auction off cakes and pies. We wouldn't use it uh, to to put things in a yard sale. That we'd look at that and say, "That's that's you're desecrating something belongs to God." But we we don't look at ourselves that way. When we when we do things that are not Christ-like, when we talk in ways that are not Christ-like, we act in ways that are not Christ-like. We don't turn and look at ourselves quick enough and say, "Don't do that. That belongs to God. Don't use it for that purpose." But that's exactly how, that's exactly what we need to be thinking about. That when we when we when we dishonor uh, when we dishonor the word of God, we're dishonoring Christ. When we dishonor what God has intended for us, we're dishonoring Him, and we're we're letting our testimony down. And, and God never intended for that. God intends for us to walk in the light of His Word. God intends for us to walk in the power of the Spirit, and God expects us to walk in the work of the Lord. And and that's exactly what Christ is praying for. He's praying for them because again, He's about to leave. He's already told them, "I'm going to give you My Spirit. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to leave you My Spirit. He's going to come to you. He's going to guide you into all truth." He's going, to, he's going to empower you, and he's getting ready to leave. And he says in verse 17, follow me here, he said, sanctify them through thy truth. You can't get sanctified. You can't get and sanctified again. It means separated to God for his use. But I had a pocket full of quarters, and I said, you know what? I need 50 cents for the gumball machine at the restaurant. I'm going to take him 50 cents. That's a silly illustration, ain't it? But I'm going to take him 50 cents, and I'm setting them aside because I'm going to get me some gum after I get through eating my Mexican food, okay? They're separated for that use. I don't want to use them for anything else. That's what they're for. God has separated us from the common lump of this world. He separated us for his use, and he doesn't want us used for anything other than his use and his will and his purpose. Now, I know and you know that we do all kinds of things that God didn't ask us to do, and God probably doesn't want us to do. But the truth of it is, you and I are here for Him. Amen? We're here for Him. And that's what I want to make sure you understand before we start this message. Again, for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Well, what is Christ saying there? For their sakes, I sanctify myself. Well, let's look at some companion verses that kind of that kind of say the same thing. Let's look in the new and other places in the New Testament. Turn to Ephesians five two, if you can find that pretty quickly. Ephesians five two. I'll give you just a second to turn over there. Again, I'm gonna give you three verses. I want us to look at these three verses and compare to what Christ is saying in John seventeen nineteen. Ephesians five two says, "And walk in love." In other words, live your life. When he says walk in love, it don't mean. I don't know what you take it if you didn't know what the Bible was saying. But I mean, I mean, you're not walking around in love all day long. Oh, I just love, love. I mean, it's it's walking in the love of Christ. We're to walk. We're to live our and the walk means to live your life. It means to it means the way you go about things. Your walk, your life should be about the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. That should be the central theme of your existence as a believer. The love of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does the love of the Lord Jesus Christ entail? It entails him dying for sinners. He loved, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's what it's all about. That's the central theme of our existence. We're to walk in love. How? As Christ also hath loved us. Well, he loved me awful powerful. So that's how I'm supposed to go about loving others in this world. 
Not just love, oh, you're so pretty, I love you. No, that kind of love. No, I don't want you to die and go to hell. I want you to be in heaven with me. I want, I want, I want us to all go to heaven together. I don't want you to suffer in hell. I don't want that. I want you to be saved. That's the kind of love we're talking about. He said, a walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us and off, as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Now, that, those two things are important, that sweet-smelling savor and a sacrifice to God. We'll see that in just a minute. Turn to Titus 2.14. Titus 2.14. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll turn there with you, and maybe we'll get it at the same time. Titus 2.14. Right after Second Tim, Timothy. Titus 2.14. <clears throat> the Bible said, Who gave himself for us, that's Christ, giving himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity. That's all sin in our, in our life. He, he died to pay for all of it. And purify unto himself, that's us, make us pure for himself, a peculiar people. Peculiar means a little odd, a little different, strange compared to all the rest around them. It's not that we're to be a bunch of weirdos but it's compared to the rest of the world around us, we seem a little weird because we're not going along with what everybody else is thinking and doing. Amen? He, 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 he has desired to have a peculiar people, zealous, that means all right, let's get after it, zealous unto good works, zealous of good works. That means our life as a believer is to entail us being excited about doing things for God. Not dreading it, not thinking, oh, I can't do that. No, we're to, we're to look forward to it. Why, how do we know we can do it? Because it'll not be us doing it, it'll be him doing it in us. When we separate ourselves unto him and yield ourselves to him, God gives us the power, God gives us the direction, God guides us, God does it all. It's just us placing ourselves near his hand and saying, God, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. I'm going to just put myself here, and when you feel like it, you take me and you do with me what you please. 1 Peter 2.24. I'm almost into the message. <laughs> almost. 1 Peter 2.24. Turn over there with me. 1 Peter 2.24. These are all companion verses to what, to what we're reading this morning. 1 Peter 2.24. And then we're going to roll. 1 Peter 2.24. The Bible says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. So it's not just being saved. There's something beyond just being saved. There's living unto righteousness. There's being, it's being zealous of good works. It's walking in love. That's what comes after we get saved. That's the intention of Christ upon his, his disciples. And that's what this prayer he's praying, and that's what these words he's saying that we're looking at this morning are saying to us. He says, for their sake, I sanctify myself. For their sake, he's saying, I sacrifice myself. That's what he's saying there when he says, I sanctify myself. He is saying, listen to me, he's saying, I am both going to be the offering and I'm going to be the one who offers it. I'm both high priest, and I'm also sacrifice. 
But I want us to look here this morning. I want us to look at, at the value that, that Christ puts upon his disciples, the value he puts upon them. Listen to what he says. And for their sakes, for their sakes, not for my sake, not for, not for the Father, for them, for their sakes, I sanctify myself. So we see here, number one, Christ designating of himself to the work and the office of mediator. If you were listening to the words of the song I sang right before we started, I, talk, I said the word mediator twice in there. First, we talked about the high priest being the mediator and, and, and making the offering on the Day of Atonement. But secondly, we talked about Christ being our mediator. And so he, did, he designated himself to that office and to the work of being a mediator. He said, I sanctify, understand that he completely and entirely devoted himself to the undertaking and all parts of what he had to do. He completely devoted. He said, I sanctify myself or I sacrifice myself. Especially what he's now doing, he's giving himself 100% to it. The offering up of himself without spot unto God, the perfect Lamb of God doing that by the eternal spirit. He, like I said, as the priest and the altar, he's both. He sanctified himself as the sacrifice. He set himself apart as the sacrifice. I, I want to show you three places here that I believe relate to him doing that. In John 12, if you want to turn back a few pages, John 12 and, and verse uh, 28. John 12 and verse 28. I'm actually going to read down to that from verse 23. The Bible says there, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, but he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, where I am there shall also my servant be. And if any man serve me, him will my Father honor. He's talking again. He's talking about serving Him. He said, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Now verse 28. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. What are we talking about here? He's saying, he's saying it's the identification of the Lamb. That Lamb had to be identified. He listen. He he, he when God the Father when the God the Father answered back and he said, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. He said, Look here, I'm going to glorify. When you get it on when you get on that cross, I'm going to show everybody that you are the Lamb. And how did he do it? He did. The earthquake, the rocks rent, the sky went, the universe, the lights went out. The graves opened. The dead walked around. But he's designating himself. John the Baptist, the day, the day when John the Baptist proclaimed it, when Jesus came walking by him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. He was already identified by John, the one who was told, foretold to, uh, to proclaim who was the Messiah, to prepare the way of the Lord. And he'd already proclaimed him as the Lamb. But here Jesus says, Father, glorify Father, glorify me. 
Glorify thy name. And the Father said, I will. I have and I will. The identification of the Lamb. Then I see this. I see the preparation of the Lamb in Matthew 26, 42. The Bible said, And he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God, never had a spot or stain of sin in him, had to drink the cup of sin. He had to drink that cup and drink it down to the last of the nasty dregs in the bottom of the cup. When you think about all the sin that you and I ever committed, when you think about us, that's just enough, just us. But just imagine everybody that ever lived from the beginning, from Adam and Eve all the way to the last person who will receive the, the blood of Christ as the payment for their sins. Every one of us, all our sin was placed upon Jesus and him and his righteous perfection. When he looked at that cup, I can imagine it was disgusting beyond belief. But the sin had to be placed on the lamb. Sin, hey, listen, the, the, the lamb had to be sacrificed for sin. That's the way it had been now ever, ever since the tabernacle had been built. Listen, they had been going in with that lamb and sacrificed it. Listen, they, it, the sacrifice of the lamb goes all the way back to the garden. That lamb, and he's here, and it's, and it's time. The lamb was identified. The lamb was prepared. And then I see the sacrifice of the lamb. <clears throat> from the cross, from the cross in Luke twenty three forty six, the Bible says, and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. He's saying, I'm giving myself to you as that sacrifice for sin. And he yielded up the ghost. That was the last thing he spoke. He closed his eyes in death. The sacrifice was made. It was finished. Hallelujah. The payment was made. We've been set free from sin and death. And in our text, Christ was yielding himself to be that sacrifice, satisfying the cost that was to be paid. And so he sanctified himself. He set himself apart. And this he pleads with his Father. And he will intercede for us to the satisfying of the Father by his own blood. He entered into the holy place. Hebrews 19, 14 tells us that. How much more shall the blood of Christ who purged, I'm sorry, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Do you hear that? How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, what is that blood supposed to do? It's supposed to forgive our sins, right? It's supposed to pay the, make the payment for our sins. But it also says, purge your conscience. Be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Purge your conscience. How do I do that? I told you earlier, it's by going to God's Word every day and letting it clean you. Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You see, 
Again, Christ is the sacrifice, but I want you to also see he's also the high priest. Leviticus chapter 16, you don't have to turn there. I'll read it to you, verses 12 through 15, 14, rather. The Bible said, And he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from off the altar. This is the high priest on the, on the Day of Atonement. He would take a, a censer. I don't know exactly what it looked like, but it was some sort of, uh, of, of a container that carried the hot coals off the altar. And he took those hot coals from off the altar before the Lord and his hands full of sweet incense, beaten small, and bring it within the veil. <clears throat> Again, I don't know if I ever told you this or not, probably have. <clears throat> but on that day also, a little note of interest, <clears throat> his garment, long robe, and at the bottom of that robe were attached little golden, I think they were pomegranates and bells that were all the way around the bottom of that garment. And so as the priest walked into the Holy of Holies, inside the veil, nobody else could go but the high priest on that, on that day. Nobody else could enter into the presence of God and that high priest. He had, he had to make sure he was clean before he went in there. He had to make sure that, that there was nothing in between him and God, and, and he was clean, and he went into that, into that room, into that Holy of Holies, into the presence of God where the Ark of the Covenant sat before the throne of God. I mean, not the literal throne, but the earthly where, God, where God's presence, where the priest met with him, he went into there, but they tie a rope around his waist. And the men would stand outside with the rope. You say, what's the reason? Well, if he walked in, I mean, they hear him jangling in there. They hear him jangling in there as he's performing the sprinkling of blood, which we're fixing to read. But he wore them jangling bells and pomegranates for a reason because he went in there without being confessed up right with God and clean. He dropped dead in God's presence. And they couldn't go in and get him, so they'd have to pull him out by the rope. Yeah. I don't ever read of that one dying in there, but that was for the re that was the reason. So he Leviticus sixteen, twelve through fourteen, on the day of atonement, the Bible said he shall take the censer full of burning coals of fire from off the altar and before the Lord, and his hands full of sweet incense, beaten small, and bring it within the veil. And he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he die not. He, he had, I mean, Jesus didn't have to do that, but, but he, the, the high priest, he had to cloud the room up with incense just to hide himself from the presence of God. The Bible said, And he shall take the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward and before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle the blood with his finger seven times Jesus whoo I like this now he took his own blood and he took his own blood not into some earthly earthly temple but he took his own blood to heaven to the throne of God to the ark to the to the mercy seat which is in heaven and Jesus applied his own blood in our place to, to, to not cover our sins, but to pay for our sins. His own blood he, he, that he paid the price with for our sins. Now, number two, I said number one. We've seen the value he had for his disciples. But I want us to see, number two, Christ's loving kindness to his disciples. You know, he, did, he, he said, for their sakes I sanctify myself. 
But secondly, he said that they also might be sanctified through the truth. He's praying for them that they might be sanctified. But you see, he's praying for them because they're going to have to endure the same thing he's enduring to a degree. All of the disciples died for the faith of Christ except for the apostle John. Now, John was, John was, was he boiled in oil? Yeah, he was boiled in oil. And, and, and I mean, he went through a horrible fate before he ever got out there on the Isle of Patmos and was exiled. They tried to kill him, but he just didn't die. <clears throat> what Christ is saying, <clears throat> that they might also be, also might be sanctified through the truth, he's saying, I sacrificed myself that they might be sacrificed to the glory of God and for the church's good. And don't think, don't, don't look at that and say, ooh, that term's terrible. Because sacrifice has always been a part of the Christian life. We're expected to sacrifice. See, Paul, Paul talks about being offered, and when he talks about being offered, he's talking about being offered as a sacrifice. Philippians 2.17, he says, Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I, re, I joy and rejoice with you all. He said, if I end up being killed because I am ministering to you, then I'll joy in it. I'll, I'll rejoice that I get to die for the cause of Christ. I get to die in the service of Christ. He, Paul says, I look at that as a joy, that I got to suffer for him. He was looking forward to suffering for Christ. He talked about that when he wrote letters to the churches, that he might make up the, the difference, and they'd had to suffer, and he hadn't been suffering like they had, so he was ready to suffer for their sakes. You see, Christian, again, the Christian life is about sacrificing for the cause of Christ. 2 Timothy 4, 6, Paul said... For I am now, this is right before he died. He said, nah, for I am now ready to be offered. He looked at it as he's giving himself for the cause of Christ. I'm now ready to be offered. They took him down. Listen, he came from that cell. They took him down to a place of execution. They laid his head on a stump. The man raised the big sword or he raised the big axe and chopped. And there went Paul's head and his blood gushed out like a drink offering unto the Lord. And he knew that was what would happen. He knew, he already thought through the blood of his life pouring out of his body. And he looked at it as, as, as just like them pouring out a drink offering on the altar. He said, Lord, here's my life for you. Psalm 116, verse 15 says this. It says, we use it at funerals all the time. It says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Now, whatever there is in the death of his saints that is precious in the sight of the Lord, it's not because of them. It's because of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the reason it's precious to him, because they're following him. Both Fox's Book of Martyrs and a book you may have never heard of called Martyr's Mirrors were written because of these that Christ prayed for. Some 50 million believers were slain gave their lives for this faith wherein we stand today during the dark ages. They were murdered by the Catholic Church for their faith. Many were slain at the hands of the Reformers because they believed in baptism after salvation. Many left their homes and their family to come to this land we live in today 
to worship God in freedom. And many, many of them died in that pursuit. Many died at the hands of natives. Some died from disease. Some died from starvation. Why? All because they wanted to worship God freely. Untold numbers of missionaries have gone into the dark corners of the world preaching Christ only to lose their lives. And even today, while we sit here comfortably in this room, hearing the Bible preached somewhere in the world, believers are being slaughtered for the freedoms that we hold. Sometimes we sit here without even realizing what freedoms and what liberties we have. See, Christ prayed for those who died. Christ prayed for those who would die. He prayed for them that the truth would strengthen them in their hour of distress, that they would have the grace of God upon them and that they would keep their eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of their faith, all the way to the finish line. That's why there's so many amazing stories of saints being burned at the stake and given a shout of victory as the flames licked their bodies. Many who were stretched on the rack until their limbs popped loose from the joints would not give up praising God until death. But you see, I, I don't think it just applies to believers dying and sacrificing. I think it applies to service as well. That they may be saints and ministers, not just preachers, but you see, all of us who are believers who see the need for people to be saved... We're all ministers of God. We may not be ordained pastors or evangelists, but we're all, all of us believers are called into the ministry. And that ministry was bought with the blood of Christ. And it's the fruit of Christ's sacrifice. That's the only reason I have anything to do on a Sunday morning is because Jesus bled and died for your sins. But that's, a, that's all the reason I need. And I owe everything to what he's done. And you owe everything to what he's done. The priests of the Old Testament that were under the law, they were consecrated with the blood of bulls and goats. But the gospel minister, oh, he's consecrated with the blood of Jesus. You see, this is a sacred, this is a holy work. And it ought to be kept that way. And I look around in America today and I see these entertainment houses disguised as churches. Where it's all about making people feel good about themselves, making them go out, hoping to go out with a, you know, feeling feeling like I got I got pumped up today. I feel good about me. No, it's not about you feeling good about you. It's about you setting yourself next to Christ and saying, "Oh, I fall so short. Oh, I fall so miserably short. God, I need you." It's us realizing how our weakness, not, re not, not affirming our strengths, but realizing our weakness and shoring up those areas in our life. They help us if we ever get to the point that we drift away from the blood of Christ as a central theme of our message. The real holiness of all good Christians is the fruit of Christ's death. The Holy Ghost of God was... was, was was given to us. That's the only holiness we have is that God lives in us. And it's all because Christ gave himself for us. He gave himself for his church. Why? To sanctify it, to separate it unto himself. 
I read this scripture yesterday in that wedding, <clears throat> Ephesians five twenty five through 26. As I looked at, at my son Jesse, I said, Jesse, this is for you, son. Pay attention. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. I looked at him and I said, son, all your plans, hopes, and dreams and everything, all your aspirations, they're gone. It's no longer you. It's the both of you. And I'm going to tell you this morning, all our aspirations, hopes, and dreams that we had before we came to Christ, they're gone. It's no longer just you. It's you and Jesus. And what he wants is important. What he wants is more important than what you want. See, he bought you, and you're a part of his church. And because you're a part of his church, the Bible said he gave himself for it. Why? It tells us in verse 26 that he might sanctify it. So he might, that's us, individual Christians, not just this, not this building. This building is not the church. Understand that. This building is not the church. You are the church. This building is just a building, and if it burnt down tonight, we'd still meet next Sunday somewhere because this building is not the church. Christ gave himself for the church that he might sanctify it, separate it for his use, separate it for his glory, separate it for the propagation of the gospel, and cleanse it. Set it apart and cleanse it daily, day after day, cleaning it, making it what he wants it to be, you, me, us, with the washing of water by the word. Again, this word will clean the cobwebs and the kinks out of your head. If you just let God comb your brain, he'll get all the garbage out of it. God will clean you up. But you've got to quit filling it with junk. Amen? You've got to put the word into it and keep the garbage out that he might cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. And listen, and he that designed the end also designed the means that they might be sanctified by the truth. The Word of God is what's going to do it, folks. The Word of God. Again, that time you spend alone with God every day is so crucial. And if, again, if you don't do that, start doing it. Start today. Set aside some time. You and God, get alone. Say, I'm going to start right here, and I'm going to read from here. I, it doesn't matter where you start. You can't find a bad place in this Bible. But I'm going to tell you, if you'll start, if you'll start, listen, if you'll start over there in Romans, that's a good place to start. If you get over in Proverbs daily and read and ask God to show you how to, how to be a wise, mature believer, God will show you. The Word of Truth, this book, the Word of Truth receives its sanctifying power from the death of Christ. It's all because he died for us. If it weren't for the death of Christ, none of this would matter, you see. It's, it's, it's the central unifying point of our existence, of history, of everything. And this Christ prayed for, that, he, that they might be sanctified for all that are his. This is his will, that we be sanctified. And Christ encourages every single one of us to pray for that. So let me finish up by saying this. I want to ask you this. 
Christian, how are you sacrificing yourself for the gospel? How are you sacrificing for the gospel? What are you laying down for Christ's sake? Anything? Are you coming daily to the Word of God? Are you allowing it to wash you in its truth? Are you asking God to cleanse you from the filth of this world so that you can walk in love, so that you're a peculiar person compared to this world, so that you you have zealousness to you, excitement about serving God? You see, you can't get that just from sitting around watching TV. I don't care what you watch, TVN, whatever you. You don't get excitement to serve God watching TV. You're not going to get excitement for serving God from surfing the Internet or looking at your phone or checking Facebook. But you will get excitement from serving God when you are alone with God himself and the Spirit of God is speaking to your spirit. We need to get separated unto God so we can live under righteousness. Are you willing to sacrifice to God? If you are, we need to do business with God. Let's stand stand to our feet. We're going to have Joanne come, and she's going to play. And we're going to sing a song of invitation. We're going to turn to 377. We're going to have a word of prayer. And when we, after we do, we begin to sing. Listen, I'm going to tell you, you need to think some things over. I, we all need to think some things over. What are we sacrificing for God? Are we? It's a question we must answer because God demands it of us. Let's, 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 let's pray and let's ask God to do a work in us. Father, we come to you now. And Lord, we ask you, please, draw us to decision time. Make us realize, Lord, what we lack. And, oh, Holy Spirit of God, stir in our hearts. Lord, draw us to decision time. Lord, that we might make a decision that we're going we're gonna to sacrifice whatever it takes for you to please you that we might, walk, we might walk worthy of the blood that was paid for us. Lord, we ne- we never, we'll, never, we'll never be that worthy. But, Lord, that we might aim toward it. Father, I thank you for Christ's blood that paid my sin debt and washed me white as snow. And, Lord, in the light of that, I owe you my every breath. Father, forgive us where we failed you. And, Lord, draw us into service, and we'll give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 377. Let's sing this morning. Uh, Different key. Different change key. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. Take thy cross and follow, follow me. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him. With him all the way, I'll go 
garden. I'll go with him through the garden. I'll go with him, with him, all the way. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him, all the way. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. We're going to give just a little bit of time for her to get ready back there in the in the baptismal area. What was that song he wanted? He done left, hadn't he? He wants. Yeah, he done went to the, went back yonder. I was going to sing Jesus loves me for him. <laughs> I tell you what. Let's turn to one sixty nine. One sixty nine. While they're getting ready, tell me the story of Jesus. Okay. We'll get it next. We'll get it right after this one. We'll have to do two while she gets ready. 169. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell how the angels in chorus sang as they welcomed his birth. Glory to God in the highest, peace and good tidings to earth. Tell me the story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Fasting alone in the desert, tell of the days that are past. How for our sins he was tempted, yet was triumphant at last. Tell of the years of his labor, tell of the sorrow he bore. He was despised and afflicted, homeless, rejected, and poor. Tell me the story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell of the cross where they nailed him, writhing in anguish and pain. Tell of the grave where they laid him. Tell how he liveth again. Love in that story so tender, clearer than ever I see. Say, let me weep while you whisper. Love pays the ransom for me. Tell 
me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Let me see where we're at. Are we ready back here? Okay, we'll sing it afterward. Do we want to move this pulpit where everybody can see? All right, I'll let y'all handle that. All right. We ready? All right. Good deal. You're ready, ready to go? Ready? Huh? As ready as ready possible. Ready as you ever be? <coughs> yep. All right. Just wash the drain and turn around the other way. All right. Okay. All right. Open the curtain. All right. Now we can see. All right. Now, Anya, we didn't do this down there, but we're going to do it up here. Anya, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Uh-huh. You're believing on him and his shed blood and his death, burial, resurrection. Okay. To save your soul and take you to heaven when you die. Okay. And you now, you now, you now uh, willingly, uh, freely of your own free will, follow him in believer's baptism and obedience to his command. Okay. Amen. All right. And it's your desire after baptism to be, be joined with us in fellowship and full membership of the church. Is that right? Yeah. Amen. All right. So you just put one hand over the other. You pinch your nose with this. Anya, on your profession of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, buried together with him in the likeness of his death, and raised to walk in newness of life. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, we got you all the way under. <laughs> you don't you don't bear them, leave their nose sticking out of the ground. We had to get you all the way under. Uh-huh. <laughs> Amen. All right, we're gonna go sing. Amen. That, that worked for me. Right. <laughs> Amen. All right, brother. Thank you. Well, praise God. Amen. I'm telling you what, that's that's good to see see them waters get stirred up in here. Amen. I give glory to God for that. I just thank God that that we're seeing Him move in this church. Amen. It may not be a lot of movement, but it's some movement. Anyway, I'll take what we can get right now. But I'm praying that that doesn't that ain't a, that ain't a, a scarce thing. I'm praying that becomes a regularity, that we're regularly seeing folks saved and seeing folks baptized and seeing folks join with us and this church grow. And it can, and it will if we do what we talked about in the message this morning. If all of us see it as all of our, it's not the preacher's job to go do it. And, and I'm, I'm going to show you that real quick before she gets there. I'm going to show you one time. This is a message I could preach, but I think I'll just show you. Ephesians chapter 4, turn over real quick. She's changed your clothes, and y'all ain't got nothing but time. Look here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, says this. Listen, I want you to hear clearly. It says, And he gave some apostles 
and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now, why did he give those? Here it is, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The work of the ministry is seeing folks get saved. The, edify, the church gets edified as believers join it, and it gets built up as believers join. Amen? So that's the work of the ministry, but it doesn't necessarily belong to the pastors. It belongs to the church. Let's think Jesus loves me. Maybe that'll make him happy. <laughs> We're going to. Let's think Jesus loves me. What what number is that, sister? You know? What is it? 297. Let's turn over and sing 297. You ready? We're going to sing it. There you go. You want to help me? All right. Hey, I'll tell you what. Look here. Step up on there with me. You want to help me? Let's do it. Ready? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Second verse. Jesus loves me. He who died heaven's gate to open wide. He will wash away my sin. Let his little child come in. You know this part. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Let's sing the last one. Jesus loves me. He will stay close beside me all the way. If I love him when I die, he will take me home on high. Ready? Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate your help. Oh, there we go. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's all stand together. I don't know if it's, if she's anywhere close to coming out, but we'll we'll go ahead and dismiss service. We shake we'll shake her hand tonight if nothing else. All right. We'll praise God. It's been a good day in church. Amen. Let's 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 get out of here and let's go get us some dinner. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and be dismissed. We'll see you back here at six o'clock tonight. We'll be back on the commandments of Christ. All right. Grant dismisses. Yes. Yes. Thank you.
the product.